up world. It's your pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is the latest edition of Mailbag Monday, our weekly mailbag segment answering listeners' submitted questions all episode long. And yes, you're listening to this on a Wednesday or later. Uh, we had some Larry Nance news. I wanted to interview the guys from Locked On Cavs. If you haven't uh, heard that episode, be sure to be sure to tune into that one. And then I record another episode just all about the Larry Nance trade. That's what people want to talk about. I'm delivering. I'm delivering what you want. So the mailbag delivery came a little bit later, but it's still here. Mailbag Monday on a Wednesday. If you want to get involved in a future mailbag show, there are two ways to do it. You can tweet at me at Mike G. Rich on Twitter. Just send me a tweet whenever you're thinking of it, but it helps if you tag it or indicate in some way that it is, it is Mailbag Monday question. Or watch my Twitter accounts, watch my Twitter timeline on Mondays when I typically send out a tweet soliciting your questions. You respond to that tweet. I'll do my best to get you in the show that evening or a show not too far down the road. I save the questions. I keep a Word doc. I keep them running. So if you send me a question, I will save it and use it when it makes sense. If you're not a Twitter user or just someone who doesn't tweet, you can email the show lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com is the address lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Uh, this week, I got just inundated with questions. Uh, I think I got like th- more than 30 responses to the tweet I sent out, plus a bunch of emails. So we're going to split up your ma- mailbag this week. We're going to have a this mailbag and then a special delivery mailbag later in the week. So if you don't hear your question here, don't fret. Just come back. Come back later in the week. This, this episode is going to go up on Wednesday. Uh, we'll likely have the special edition version that will come up on Thursday. So look, just look for it later in your week. Come back. Uh, this is a daily podcast about the Portland Trailblazers. So we're going to have multiple shows this week. And we're going to have multiple mailbags this week because there's a whole boatload of questions. Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays mailbag from your ears. So without further ado, let's get into it. The first question of today's show comes from Danny who asks, with the addition of Larry Nance Jr., the front court defense appears on paper to be very strong. Covington, Nance, Nurkic are all plus defenders. Pair that with a backcourt of Damian Lode and CJ McCollum, two terrible defenders, plus Norman Powell, an average defender in my book, rounding out the top six players who would get the bulk of the playoff minutes. Do you think there is any hope that CJ and Dame can become league average defenders? If Dame and CJ can get to average defenders, this should be a top 10 defense. Peter Hollins at Peter Hollins on Twitter asks, How excited are you to see Covington and Nance work their magic together? Do you see us being able to put together an average defense this year? I'm saying we can do it. If so, top four in the West is in our sights. So Danny and Peter, one of you's got them a top 10, the other as an above average defense, but an above average defense makes them, or an average defense makes them a top four team in the West. We are setting our sights high. I like it. I like it. We're going to talk a lot about Larry Nance's fit. Everyone is curious. Many, 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 many listeners are curious about sort of how Larry Nance fits. Uh, I have gone deep on Larry Nance back-to-back episodes, but I think there are some specific questions about uh, about Nance and about the, his fit with the rest of the roster that I haven't addressed. So let's let's go ahead and get into them. Uh, first of all, there are I, I think there are sort of conflicting, and this is more of Danny's question, like conflicting perceptions of what CJ is as a defender. I know that the front office for the Blazers has been pimping out this idea that CJ was actually a, like a well above average defender last season, and that Dame was um, really the one who was way below average. So if you like, if you can you pr- prop up the rest and Dame gets a little bit better, you get there. I think there's some truth to that. I think. 
think CJ was a little better than Dame. I also think Dame's offensive load is, is, is a little bit more than CJ's. So asking, you know, CJ can't do what Dame does on offense. Um, so Dame shouldn't be asked to maybe do what CJ does on offense. But that said, Dame needs to get a lot better on defense for this team to have a chance. Uh, the most intriguing part about this sort of new look Blazers is that they have a chance to put, you know, three plus defenders on the floor at the same time with Nance Covington and Nurk. I agree that Norman Powell is not like a super above average defender, but he's like a solid defensive interested guard. Um, like he's he's not going to be able to guard big wings, but he can he could be part of a really high level defense for sure. And then the question comes to the other guards. Um CJ's not a, not a great defender, but by some measures last year, he was a pretty darn good one. Um, I have said multiple times, and I'll say it again here, I'm not a big believer in the sort of catch-all defensive metric stats. I think... Um, I just think defense is too much related to scheme and what your teammates are doing and all these things. You know it when you see it. Um, sometimes CJ is a, is a pretty competitive defender. He's gotten a lot stronger. I think that has helped for sure. Dame was really bad on defense last year. There's no way to get around it. Um, that's it's just it is what it is. He um, he was a he was a a bad defensive player last year. And some of it is just like simple stuff. You don't need to be like I think in general fans and 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 media members like people who watch the league closely still don't have um a great grasp on what we're watching on defense but with dame sometimes it's obvious and it's not like oh he gets he dies on screens which he does sometimes he just lets his dude run past him blow bys blow bys like simple like um you want to dribble towards the rim you can dribble past me that is that like you don't need you don't need to have like an advanced understanding of, of nba defenses to see someone dribble past you into the paint um it's not always your man that scores but it leads to you know creates an advantage and all these things dame just has to get better there and i think he can be he has been better than he was last year on defense and the one of the big tasks is maybe taking some of a little bit off his plate offensively so he can give a little more on defense. I think the Blazers can be a league average defense. Um, I'm not maybe as far as as Peter is in suggesting that this team could be, oh, excuse me, as, as Danny is. I'm getting who I'm getting whose hype is confused. Danny, that they should be a top 10 defense. I, I, I'm probably not that far. I think the Blazers ceiling is, is a top 10 defense for sure. Like I think they have the parts to be that. Um, and we'll see what kind of schemes. Like it sounds like Billups wants to play more aggressive, um, but what more aggressive exactly means does it mean a drop coverage with a, like more aggressive help you know like what exactly we'll see we'll see what the scheme looks like um it might be it might be a subtle difference it might be a massive massive shift we'll see i'm super curious to see what that looks like i think they can be like i think they could be something like a like you know like 13th 12th or 13th in defense and if they're the one of the two best offenses in the league and they're like 12th on defense they're going to be really good as, as peter says if they're an average defense then uh top four in the west is is in is in a, the blazers sights i agree i agree i think if this team is i think that if this team is an average a consistently average defense from day one not not a defense that starts at you know 22nd in the league or whatever and slowly works its way up there right but like a team that comes out right away and defends from you know, whenever the season starts, October 20th uh, on, uh, I think this is like a, I, I think this is a really competitive team because I think pretty much roll the ball out with Damian Lord and CJ McCollum on the roster and, and really just like roll the ball out with Dame on the roster. And you're going to be um, something like the, one of the eight best offenses in the league and maybe like a way better Um a lot of it comes down to health. If Nurk is healthy, they're going to be good. You know, when, when Nurk played 70 games back in the 2017-18 season, they were a top six defense. They struggled a little bit on offense, but they were good. Like if Nurk is healthy, they're going to be a competitive defensive team. In the playoffs, the style of defense and the personnel is, is a whole nother beast. It's a whole nother thing. And traditional centers and what Nurk can bring will be a, will be a matchup. 
issue that we discussed then. But during the regular season, I think Nurk can be a really impactful defender. And if he's healthy, I think this team can be good. I think their ceiling defensively, and I think this is a big deal, I think their ceiling defensively is, is, is something like, you know, seven like I think they could be one of the very good defenses in the league do I think they could be an elite defense no because I don't think they have enough high level switchy wings which we'll talk about in the third in the second segment but like I don't think they can play enough different styles with the personnel they have I think they're still a little they're lacking a little bit of height on the perimeter to be really 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 disruptive in a bunch of styles but I think they have enough good defenders with Covington and Nance and Nurk and I think Cody Zeller is a pretty good defender we'll see where Nazir Little takes a step forward if you can coax Damian Lillard into being um, he doesn't even need to be a good defensive player. But if you can coax him into being a slightly below average defender as opposed to a really bad one like he was last year, you're going to you're going to build a solid defensive team. So I think both you, Peter, and Danny have kind of hit on the big question mark for the Blazers. This is, you know they're going to be pretty good on offense. Uh, Terry Stotts was fired in part because the front office believed that the defense was so bad because he was unable to get them to be good. Whether that was X's and O's or buy-in, I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was mostly buy-in, quite frankly, and a little bit of, of stubbornness and X's and O's. Certainly that was part of the formula, something like a quarter of the formula was just stubbornness and X's and O's. The belief is that this coaching staff can get more out of this team defensively. And I think that's, that's the big question because we, I kind of think just talent alone, they're going to be really good on offense. And so the question is, how far does the defense go and how quickly do they get there? You know, if they, if they end up an average defense, it might not feel good the whole way, but if they start, you know, right around that league average defense and they're consistent in that range and maybe a little bit above average and maybe even good, like a, like a really good, like a top 10 D they're going to be, they're going to be, have a puncher's chance at getting home court advantage in the playoffs. And maybe, maybe, you know, top four in the West is definitely in their sights. If it's a lot of ifs, health and scheme and the coaching staff and all these things, ifs, but yes, I think, I think more than last year where it was just wasn't possible with the personnel. Now the team has the personnel to, to get there. You've checked the, per, you've checked defensive personnel for the most part. This is the, this is the personnel to be a league average defense. Now, or even above average defense, because personnel to be a pretty solid defense. Now, what else can they be? I think that's the big question. In the second segment, let's come back and answer more of your questions. But first, let's talk a little about sweat block. I want to tell you about sweat block wipes. It is the solution if you are a heavy perspirer. It's stronger and more infective, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before you go to bed. The next morning you wake up, you wash and go about your day with confidence. You will not have to worry about sweat. Guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. That's the dry shirt guarantee, in fact, from Sweatblock that says if Sweatblock doesn't work, if it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. So if you don't take my word for it, why don't you check out Amazon where it's been a uh, bestseller for over a decade. There's over 13,000 reviews on Amazon. You can check out plenty of other people who have tried out Sweatblock and see what they think about this product. And if you need a solution for heavy perspiration, why don't you use our promo code Locked On when you go to sweatblock.com and get 20% off your order. That's sweatblock.com. The promo code is Locked On. You get 20% off. It's also available, like I said, at Amazon and your local CVS. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. 
and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. Let's keep it rolling on this glorious mailbag Monday. We talked a lot about the Blazers defense. That was that was the theme of our first segment. But now a lot of folks want to talk about where Larry Nance fits and where he fits relative to his new teammates. Ryan in Albany asks, Larry Nance Jr. can definitely help the Blazers out at power forward and small ball center, but can he play any three? Logan Gillis at Logan Gillis on Twitter asks, how many minutes will Rocco and Larry Nance Jr. play together this season? Brandon Goldner at Goldner PDX asks, could the Blazers run a big ball lineup that includes Nurk, Nance, and Rocco and take advantage of the NBA's best teams in the playoffs? And William Schopener, Schopener? I'm going to go with Schopener. William Schopener at Will underscore Schopener on Twitter asks, do you expect Chauncey Billups to run the three-guard lineup as the base lineup similar to Stotts? Stotts after we traded for Norman Powell, or would Billups gravitate towards a more traditional lineup? Yeah, everybody wants to know about Larry Nance and Everyone wants to know about Larry Nance playing small forward. And I think there are a couple couple complications here. One, the Blazers are going to start, I think, almost certainly. If it was like, I've said this before and I should say this caveat again. I covered Terry Stott's teams for four consecutive seasons, um, you know, on a daily basis traveling around the country. And I was there, you know, in the locker room and on the road and all those things and, and covered him for a couple more seasons uh, as, as uh, covering home games as, as a part-timer. So like I'm, I've spent a ton of time around the Stotts staff and the Stotts, Stotts era Blazers. Like I'm really familiar with what they would do. And if this were the Stotts era Blazers, I would just say with confidence, this is what they're going to do. I don't have that same, I don't have, I've not spoken to Chauncey Phillips yet. I, I, I do not have the same comfort level. Um, hopefully I'll develop that over the season and, and with proximity to the team, we'll see what that looks like. But um, so all of this caveat is here's, here's what I think before I would tell you, here's what I definitely know. So I'm, I am less certain, but with that caveat out of the way, I believe, you know, just straight up, the Blazers are going to start Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, and Nurk. I do not think that changes. I, I, I think that's the group. I think their top seven includes Zeller and Nance every single night. I think eighth is Anthony Simons. And then I think ninth is a question mark. Whether it's Nazir Lil or Tony Snell, I would probably, like, if I had to guess just, like, who Neil Olshay wants to play, it's Nazir Little, And I would assume that Neil Olshay has some influence on Billups, a first-year head coach who he handpicks decisions, more so than he would over a veteran head coach. Like, I just, that is my read on the situation, is that Neil will have um, some say on how it works. He was not going to make, like, in-game decisions or anything like Harold Bob, but, like, he's he, his plan will go into effect until it doesn't, right? So I, I think I think that's your top nine, right? It's it's the starters plus Nance, Seller, Anthony Simons, and Azir Little. Could be Tony Snell, you get it. 
So the question is like, can Larry Nance play the three? And why I wanted to sort of lay that out is because if you look at the sort of at the rest of this group, um, the Blazers can't like going big, like Nance is not going to play three next to Zeller and Nurk because Zeller and Nurk are never going to play together. If Nance is in the game with Nazir Little, Nas is like going to be effectively the three for the most part. Um, if it's like the only time that Nance would play small forward is when he plays next to Robert Covington. And I think that's the big question. To answer Logan's question directly about how many minutes Rocco and Nance play together this season, I'll say something like 300. Uh, I, I think they'll play regularly together like every single night, but that's like four or five minutes a night is about 300 minutes. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge, huge part because I think the Blazers don't have, you know, don't have a ton of um, depth at that sort of dudes who play power forward type spot. So they can't play a boatload of minutes together. But Nance can play next to Covington. And then I believe it matters less of who is the three and who is the four. But um, it's it, it, it needs to function something like this. Larry Nance plays next to Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic when Nance is capable of guarding the sort of top small forward type threat that's out there because Robert Covington is an absolutely elite help defender, but he's not a particularly good point of attack defender. If Nance can be a better point of attack defender, if he can take that assignment, um, you know, so he, so you go guard Paul George, right? And then you, so on defense, Larry Nance is going to effectively be the uh be the three and 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 Rocco would guard fours and then be a helper and stay in the sort of the help defensive position but on offense you go the other way and Nance is the guy who's going to set all on ball screens while Robert Covington does what he does and spaces I think those spots are a little bit interchangeable but the question of whether Rocco and Nance can play together is how much either one of them can be a point of attack defender I think we have a lot of a lot of evidence that suggests that that is not where best to deploy Robert Covington. Not that he won't do it, just that he's not best. That's not where he's best at. And to maximize what he does on defense, that's not where you want him to be. There is no scenario where like they're just like you look at the roster there's no scenario where Nance is like the quote-unquote three with pretty much anyone else on like any other combination like you can't really you can't really configure like a reasonable lineup that will play where Nance would be the three so the only time when you think like can he play three is can he play next to Cove and I think he can but the question is how do they work on defense in theory Larry Nance can guard can can be the guy who guards big big high usage wings. Like in theory, that's the spot. Like that is the role that Derek Jones Jr. had until he was totally out of the lineup. And I think Norm can do it too. But if you need a little more size, uh, you know, it's, it's like sort of size versus speed there is what you're, what you're kind of balancing between. Uh, I, I, I think those are your two guys that get the sort of high usage wing assignments. I don't think it's Covington just because it's not what he does best, but he got a little bit of it last year. Like he got a little bit of it in the, in the stats, the stats system, sort of high usage wings, but he's best as an elite help defender. That's what makes Robert Covington special. It's kind of what makes Larry Nance special too, but I think he has more upside as a point of attack defender, but that's the big that is the big question. And I think when you put those three together, Nurk, Nance, and Rocco, this is, that is like sort of the type of defense, the type of length, the type of, um, you know, on-ball activity or, or off-ball activity, like passing lane activity that could, that could make Portland look like an elite defensive team. So if it works, this is, this is why Nance was such a valuable, a valuable uh, signing, a valuable uh, acquisition, rather. While we're on the topic of Larry Nance, a couple other 
Larry-related questions. Isaac asks, with Nance in the mix now, will we ever see him in our closing lineup? That's all caps, our. Love the collective pronoun, Isaac. Good work. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think I think there is some interchangeability between who's got it going, Norm, Rocco, Larry Nance. Like, I think that's, that's what it looks like. And I think on some nights when other teams go small, now the Blazers have a reasonable way to go small with Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, and Nance. Like, they, don't, they didn't have that last year. They could go small, but they would put Carmelo Anthony in there, and it does, it does not, enough, not quite enough defense to, like, make it work. They'll still get killed on the boards with that small group, but if the other team goes small, you don't have to leave Nurk in. Like, you can, you can close with the smaller lineup. So, yeah, I think Nance will close some games depending on matchups. But I do kind of think to begin the season that the starting lineup is also the closing lineup because I think that's the Blazers' most potent lineup for now. Like at, at the end, of, I'm recording this on August 31st. So at the end of August, um, that's my thought. But we will, we'll see. We'll see it in action and, uh, and we'll see how much, how much that changes. Eli Jannon, that's at Eli underscore Jannon on Twitter, asks, With the addition of Nance Jr., would the Blazers be better off having Norm and CJ come off the bench and lead the second unit? I know they both get paid to start, and it would mess with the, quote, best starting lineup in the NBA, but it would really help the bench, right? Am I missing something? I actually think the trade-off of putting Nance in the starting lineup and putting one of Norm and CJ off the bench is not is not particularly worth it. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, um, this, you would put your Blazers, like, you'd put your probably best defensive lineup on the court if you, if you just, like, sub out, uh, you know, Nance for CJ and bring CJ off the bench. But the, first of all, CJ plays a ton of minutes with the second unit, and one of the problems with the second unit last year was they just didn't have much playmaking. They would devolve into being like a really ISO heavy team. That was with Ant and CJ and and his Cantor and Carmelo Anthony. Like personnel super, super duper matters. But Nance provides stability on that second unit, both as a playmaker to take some pressure off uh, a ask for Anthony Simons that remains way too big in terms of his playmaking the ask playmaking wise prove me wrong Ant. I would love to be proved wrong there but like he, he has not shown any much ability to do that at all uh CJ while he can like go into point guard mode he hasn't shown the ability to like really like he, he was a much better passer last year I should be fair to CJ but he's you know he's a scorer and when he's on the court alone without Dame he's going to be the number one option on offense so having another guy out there to play um, to be able to facilitate and run a little bit of like high post offense through who can pass is, is going to be useful plus you add a little more defense to the second unit so it isn't just like you know Ant and Ant and CJ and Nazir Little and maybe that's like a really brilliant brutal defensive team and and um I just think I think the trade-off by saying let's get a little bit better on offense doesn't really pay off on the back end so while I understand like the three guard lineup is maybe not super appealing because it's not super traditional as uh as William noted in the previous question it is um the at least the early returns on that on that group said it wasn't terrible on defense um and it was so potent on offense that I think taking away from it and, and adding in a slightly better defense might not be the trade-off. Could you, could you, you know, like the beauty of this Blazers roster in theory is that you're going to be able to mix and match a lot more than you have in the past without having too much drop-off, assuming some health. So that's the plan. I don't think, to me, the trade-off between like 
having CJ come out at the six minute mark and then come back to start the second quarter versus just him come in at the six minute mark doesn't seem, I don't think you get the trade off. And I think the balance that Nance brings with that second unit is, is uh, still adds some, some real serious value. And if you just sub in norm for the, for the places I was saying, CJ, same thing, except CJ is a much better individual offensive player and the offense trade off for norm at the second unit is way, way worse. All right, let's come back in the third segment and close out the show with more of your questions on this glorious Mailbag Monday. But first, let's talk about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. You know that Bill Bar has just so many delicious flavors, so there's something for everybody? You do know. But when you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they know their faves. If you're talking to me, I'm telling you to look at that cookies and cream or the salted caramel. But if you talk to others, even in my own household, they might tell you to check out Cherry Barcia or Coconut or even Mint Brownie, a favorite in these parts. If you don't know what you like, why don't you get a mix box? You get two of each of those nine flavors. Try all of them. Try all of them. Find out what you like and order more from there. But not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar, they're also healthy too. So check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and no more than five grams of net carbs. It's amazing flavors, all healthy, all tasty. Go get yourself some. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Y'all, it's here. Football season is upon us. College football started up last weekend. It's going to start in earnest this Saturday, and, and the NFL is not far behind. Next week, the NFL season will start. So you might as well get on over to Bet Online because it's your number one spot to bet on all pro and college football action this season. You'll get updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest, both of which are open right now at betonline.ag. So head on over to that website. And you, when you sign up today using the promo code LOCKEDON, you will get a 100% welcome bonus. They're matching your first deposit dollar for dollar. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And now they're giving you a 100% match to make it worth your while. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers, still cruising through Mailbag Monday. Our next question comes from Mr. Ivory at Mr. J. Ivory on Twitter, who asks, is this the roster starting the season? I think so. Uh, the Blazers are going to add one more player, but I, I think this is pretty much the group. Uh, it's, it's been reported uh, by Jason Quick several times that the Blazers are not going to fill their 15th roster spot heading into the season. They're going to go with 14. Uh, currently, they have 13 players under contract. They have an open two-way spot still, so they could add a two-way player. Add depth at center with the two-way spot, Neil. Add depth at center. And they're going to add someone else with the 14th roster spot to an NBA deal. Uh, according to Quick, it's going to be they're going to bring some folks into training camp. They're going to compete for that 14th spot, and they're going to take the best player regardless of position. Um, add a, add a veteran point guard. <laughs> that seems simple enough to me, a, a two-way guy with the center and then a, a veteran point guard with the 14th roster spot. Neil won't do that. He'll add some, but he'll add, he'll add a shooting guard, right? He'll add like a, he'll add another Ben McLemore. But yeah, I think this is the group. Unless, unless the news broke today that Ben Simmons told, uh, according to Keith Pompey, uh, the, uh, 
writer for uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer in Philly, is that Ben Zemeth has told Sixers Brass he does not plan to report to training camp. He wants to be traded. It's done. So this is the big unless. It's back. Ben Simmons talk for real. In fact, Mike Miller at Mike2KRipCity on Twitter asks, now that Simmons isn't reporting to training camp, who's in the driver's seat when it comes to Ben Simmons trade? Philly? Portland? Are we getting to the point where Philly might consider that Lillard is available and consider CJ instead? Well, I sure as hell Portland is not in the driver's seat for a player that is not on their roster and doesn't have particular strong interest in coming to the Blazers. Um, they aren't, I don't even know if they're like in the, like the trailing car. I think they are currently attending the race, but certainly Simmons t- saying, I'm not going to training camp lowers the sort of demands. Like Ben Simmons is too damn good, um, to ask, you know, to take a low ball offer at, to begin with, uh, also, he's the he's Philly's best path to like dramatically improving the team is trading him for uh, a star or like a, a really good player that improves the roster based on fit. But now, you know, they've balked at some other trade offers and they've kind of held on to him. And it kind of seems like, you know, they were saying, oh, we'll go into the season, blah, 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 blah. Like Adrian Wojnarowski was reporting that. And um, I even talked about it on the Locked on NBA podcast is like that. <laughs> That doesn't seem like a good idea, even if they're willing to do it. And now it seems like Simmons isn't willing to do it. He'll just hold out. He will not go to training camp. He'll he'll get fined, you know, whatever tens of thousands of dollars they're willing to fine him for lack of reporting and, or for failure to report. And then he'll he'll get what he wants. That seems to be the trend in the league is the guys are going to sign long-term deals and then, um, you know, demand trades out of places. No more free agency, only trade demands. And Simmons is going to be the guy. Yeah, I, I think it's been reported um, you know, that's that the Phillies holding out for Damian Lord. Like if you, if you know anyone who's a Philly fan, they are monitoring the Blazers closely, which is kind of hilarious, but you know, the Blazers aren't going to trade Dame for Simmons. Now it doesn't make sense. It would only be like, that was going to be like down the line if it happened. And if it, if, if Ben Simmons is going to get traded in October, the price is going to, it's coming down. Like if he's making this public that he wants out, the price is coming down. Uh, I think CJ's on the table, but if I had to sort of, if I was banking, I wouldn't say that it's particularly likely. Next question comes from Danny who asks, if we can still get CJ traded for Ben Simmons, would you still do it with our new current roster or run it back? Would I trade CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons? Yes, 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 yes. Would I trade... Uh, like CJ and Ant for Ben Simmons? Also, yes. Would I trade CJ Nas and Ant for Ben Simmons? I would talk about it if the return also landed some value. Like, I'm a Ben Simmons believer. I want to be clear. I'm a Ben Simmons believer. I, I, I think he's really good. I think he's one of the best defenders in the league. I think he's in a terrible situation fit-wise. And I think if he was in a situation that fit his skills a little bit better, he would be he would be more improved. I also think there's some just personality stuff with Simmons that uh, maybe Philly hasn't enabled or maybe Philly was not not able to get in control where he's just, he's too stubborn to change what his what he is. And he's just like, I'm really freaking good at this level. And uh, like to take that step from one of the 30 best players in the league to one of the 15 best players in the league, I refuse to do it. Like, I think that's, I think it's, that is um, true and and a little bit scary and intimidating about trading for him. But I think this is a talent league. And I think if you can add Simmons to this group with what the Blazers have with the rest of it, you are a championship level team. Like I, I, I would do it and I would do it and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't even really think twice about it. Like um, there's nothing that's happened with, 
trading for Larry Nance Jr. or re-signing Norman Powell or, or adding Cody Seller and Tony Snell that has changed my stance on that. It's a, it's a talent league. I view Simmons as a much more talented basketball player than CJ McCollum in terms of like overall impact. And I'm, I'm banging the yes drum. Go ahead and trade for Simmons. If the, if the asking price is just CJ, I, I am scrambling to the phones to get it done. Next question comes from the Blazer Tag Podcast at Blazer Tag PDX on Twitter, who asks, Any hope? And I mean, even the smallest slivers that the Blazers will finally pull their head out of their ass and get a vet backup PG with the final roster spot? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a sliver of hope. Sure, yes, yeah. I mean, the basic answer to your question is yes, but can I can I keep it a buck 50, buck 85 with you? I don't even see that as the most pressing need on this roster. I still think you need big man depth. Uh, you know, we just talked about in the in the second segment, like Larry Nance Jr. can only play small forward next to one other player on the roster. Like it, it just like functionally, he can't. You can't play three because you can't play Zeller and Nurk together. Like not in this not in this era of the league. And you know, uh, Nance has had some health concerns throughout his career. Nurk has had health concerns throughout his career. Uh, Zeller has been often injured. Like every. Every big dude on the roster, and 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 Nance isn't even like a dude who could play center at sixty-five games. Like he's like a, a situational center for sure. Like they just they they need more depth up front. They need more depth up front. They need more depth up front, and they need it much more than they need a, a backup point guard. I get it. I get the backup point guard thing. I get people screaming about it. Uh, when you go to the bench, you don't have someone to set the table. Um, it's a problem, but. If you can't convince Damon Lord to play off the ball, then the backup point guard can basically never play with Dame. If you have Norm and CJ and Dame on the court, that backup point guard is not going to play ever with that trio, right? Like zero minutes with that trio. If you want to play Anthony Simons a whole bunch of minutes, then you're you're kind of you're just you're kind of squeezing what what the backup what you're really going to get out of the backup point guard. Would it help? Sure. And then if the Blazers were going to go 15, if they're going to go full roster, yes. As I mentioned at the top of this segment, big man depth and a vet point guard. That's those are the two wish lists. But if I had to pick one, the big man depth seems more important because uh, the durability of the guards and the and the depth at guard and the sort of um, you know, they have they have a whole bunch of minutes guaranteed to Dame CJ Norm, and it seems like they have a whole bunch of minutes guaranteed to Anthony Simons too. Just kind of not guaranteed. I mean, guaranteed to the first three of those guys, but like penciled in for those folks, right? Like those those dudes are going to play a bunch at, at those minutes. So carving out a spot for the backup point guard might even be a little might even be a little bit tricky. And what you really need is better playmaking, and maybe Larry Nance Jr. answers that question. My bigger concern, while I understand the veteran point guard thing, and I under I like we saw it last year that it was a huge weakness of this roster. Like, absolutely. I totally agree. I I just think like today, right now where I am backup, big man depth, more important than backup point guard depth. And the final question of the show comes from Jeff who asks the question we're all asking, are we contenders now? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think the Blazers are better. I think they're better. I think Larry Nance, has improved the roster. I think getting Norm back was crucial. I think, uh, I think the coaching staff should get more out of this team, if nothing else, just because it's a fresh voice and a new sound and a new plan. Like I think that alone um, should should make them a little bit better. There's no guarantees that Chauncey Billups is a really good coach, but he's got a pretty talented roster, probably a 
you know, just straight up a better roster than they had last season in terms of like playing winning basketball at a high level. And you'd think, um, you know, talent alone and a fresh voice will help this team be better. But when you look around the league and the teams that are like truly contenders, uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets and, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers and, and the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, and, and even the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz. Do you think with confidence that the Blazers could beat those teams? I think they could beat Utah in a series, sure, but things are going to have to go right for them, and they're going to have to be they're going to have to be healthy, and they're going to have to play their ass off because because that like Utah's really good, and I think that's the worst of those teams for sure. Could they beat Phoenix in a series? I don't know. Phoenix has a lot of length and, and a lot of ways to score. And um, like who guards Devin Booker for all those minutes? The Lakers seem like a really brutal matchup for the Blazers still. While they've gotten better at matching up against that team, and I think the Lakers have some real questions with what the hell you do with Russell Westbrook and et cetera, et cetera. Like, what do you do there? Uh, Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee, I can't see the Blazers beating either of those teams in a seven-game series. Like, I think the Blazers are better. And I think the West is open as much as it as much as it felt open last year i think it remains that open this year no Kawhi leonard no jamal murray for an extended stretch um I don't think the Jazz addressed their perimeter defense issues, so they're still vulnerable in that space. The Lakers are weird and old, and all those things. Even with all their talent, um, they 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 are they come with some big question marks. Like there's there's no team that's like so clearly this like championship level team, you know, dominant champion in the West, right? It's open. The Blazers could get there, and with health and this improved roster, this is a team that could make a run. But the idea that you just like sort of look at them on paper in August, where we are now, and say this um, uh, one of the teams among the contenders? No, I, I don't think so. I think they're like a home court advantage type team in the West. Somewhere in their ceiling is like, you know, getting making a competitive run to the Western Conference Finals. Like that's that's how I view them right now. And that's like if everything breaks right, um, that that's how I, I feel. Like I think they're a better basketball team than they've been, but I also think that they still have some limitations. Good health, Good luck. All of the things you need to win a championship, the Blazers could be there in the running. But if you're asking me, are they? Does Larry Nance Jr.'s addition make them like put them in the sort of small circle of contenders? No, but it puts them closer than they've been. And while the big trade might still be out there, as Ben Simmons demands <laughs> to get the hell out of Philly, short of the big trade, short of a big trade, I'm saying the big trade because y'all know what it is. But short of the big trade. I think the Blazers got closer. They took incremental steps to improve the roster. It's a good offseason, but not maybe the offseason that fans wanted. And I think this team, I think this team improved, but the question is, did they improve enough to kind of, you know, take a leap? And I don't th- I don't see a leap here. I see a team that I see a team that took a couple of couple good steps forward, but they needed to take a massive leap, and I ha- I don't think they've done that. That's going to do it for this edition of Mailbag Monday. Like I said, I got a whole, I got two two full pages of questions right here waiting on my Word doc. I'm going to do a special delivery mailbag, another mailbag episode later this week. So look for it in your feed on Thursday. Um, if you want to get involved in a future mailbag, not just uh, not just the one on Thursday, although still time, but a future mailbag for next week. We do this each week. I record it typically on Mondays and post it on Tuesdays, but sometimes it gets moved around when the Blazers add Larry Nance Jr. and there's some excitement around there. But you can tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich, or send me an email, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Tell your friends about this podcast. If you were excited about this basketball team and you enjoy this podcast and you know friends who would be the same, 
Tell them about it. The best way to, uh, the, the way that people find new podcasts is word of mouth. So you just saying to a pal, hey, I like Locked On Blazers. That helps. That helps grow the show. That helps me. So do me a favor. Tell them about it. And tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>